the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. And coming to you live from a treasure chest hidden in a pile of manure... It's the Worldview <laughs> Media Podcast. Yay. Yay. Not so much yay for the manure, though. Well, it makes the world go round. We're the treasure in the middle of the manure. I don't know if that's better. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, kind of poetic, to, though. You have to bloom where you're planted. You know. uh, my name is Gordon Runyon. I'm your co-host today on the Worldview Media Podcast. With me is my lovely and talented wife, Joyce. How are you, Mama Joyce? I'm good. All right. And also our middle daughter and frequent guest host, Jordan. Hello. Thank you for joining us again. You're welcome. Guest host, not visitor. (laughs) Am I usually visitor? Uh, No, I I never say. All right, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's never really been made clear. Welcome. To the Worldview Media Podcast and our discussion of the BBC original program, The Last Kingdom. Mm. We are the Worldview Media Podcast, the most (laughs) frivolous show on the Reconstructionist Radio Network. Well, on that network, yes. (laughs) And the Reconstructionist Radio Network is... Your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. There you go. High five. High five to you. All right, so we're talking about The Last Kingdom. Yep. And, boy, there's some stuff in this show. (laughs) Uh, The Last Kingdom is set in the late 9th century. Yep. During the reign of Alfred, King of Wessex. Now, he's a real guy, or he was a real guy, and he is the only British monarch who had the epithet the Great attached to his name. Yep. Alfred the Great occupies a place in the British historical pantheon similar to what uh, George Washington probably occupies Mm. over here. Only. see that. Uh, sure. And everything that I've read says that Alfred the Great was great. Was genuinely great. That he really was a genuine Christian man and a pious man, and and not just pious in his head, but that he he really did a lot of work reforming the legal system to make mm-hmm. it more and more like the law of God. And he was apparently known as something of a fanatic for the concepts of fairness and justice. Hmm. Hmm. And he... Interesting. Yeah, he actually... He actually would review every judicial decision made by his aldermen, his eldermen, when he uh, didn't... wasn't there to wasn't hear the case. Wasn't yeah, proceedings. And so he would make sure that they were administering justice fairly. And he was concerned to use the law of God not as a cut and paste sort of thing, but to draw out 
principles of righteousness and justice. And mm -hmm. so in that way, he was kind of a proto-theonomist. And, nice. and now he's probably being glorified excessively by some of the medieval writers who sure. sung his praises and what a great guy he was mm -hmm. and all that. But there's not a lot of historical stuff about him being, you know, much of a bad guy. Yeah, anything less, really less than great. Right. Unless you're on the losing side, and then maybe... Right. Now, if he hadn't won all those wars... <laughs> right. <laughs> so, in The Last Kingdom, Alfred is is one of the characters in it, but he's not the main character. The main mm -hmm. character is a young Saxon boy who was... Carted off. Carted off by the Vikings, the Danes, yep. when he was young, and and was then adopted by a by a Viking family. Uh, well, not just any Viking family. Right, Ragnar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big so, name, big name. Right, and that's a, that's an actual real uh, Viking that plagued uh, the. Britons during during the time that we're talking about. So there really was a Ragnar who, you know, stirred stuff up. Yep. And uh, Jordan knows that all too well. Right, you're a big Vikings fan. Well, he's. I mean, the, not Minnesota Vikings. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, that show Vikings history that we've talked that, about before. Yeah, yeah. That's also that's about well. Ragnar. Yeah. The other side. <laughs> yeah, the other side. Well, and. It's weird watching this one after having seen Vikings mm -hmm. because everything is completely Flipped. different. Well, and it's not even like there's the same events happening. It's like this this one feels a lot more fictionalized right. than uh, than Vikings kind of feels to me. Yeah, and I'm convinced that's probably very true. Now, the main character in The Last Kingdom, like we say, is this guy who's originally a Saxon, but he is adopted by a Danish family and grows up as a Dane, as a Viking warrior. Yeah. And his, his name is Uhtred. Uhtred. And, and his son depends on which side he's on. And, <laughs> Who's right. the son of? He's either Uhtred, son of Ragnar, or Uhtred, son of, what was his name, Ether, Etherald, or something like that. That he was, was the a, prince, I think, wasn't a, it? Yeah, he was an English king. When, they, when it was split up into many territories like Wessex and Mercia and uh, East North Anglia. Umbria. North Umbria. And so Uhtred, in an effort to restore his own fortunes, he was born the son of an English nobleman and he's kind of motivated to try to get his title and his lands back. Yeah. But then his... English father is murdered by the Danes, and then his Danish adopted him. father yeah. is murdered by another Dane, and now he's got two dead fathers yeah. that he's looking to avenge. And uh, I don't know if he's really looking to avenge his first father. He just wants his he wants his land back, his yeah. wealth. He wants his. Well, title. I was kind of thinking it was the fact that he was there and watched his father be murdered by the Danes. That that's really kind of what made it okay for him to fight against the Danes. You know, maybe he wasn't pursuing whoever it was that actually killed his father, but the fact that the Danes were responsible for the death of his father and and all that, it made it okay for him to fight against them. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. 
Well, so let's move on. <laughs> now he encounters King Alfred of Wessex, and Wessex is the only kingdom that has not been completely overrun um, by the yeah. Danes. And Alfred has a vision of uniting the island of England under one king. Yeah. Which he historically did. Yeah. And uh, some things in the series... So I guess what I want to say is that everything involving Uhtred is completely fictional. Yeah. He's a totally made-up guy. And yeah. And everything that he does, he's kind of the big hero. And Sure. When Alfred's army wins a battle, it's because of Uhtred and not because of Alfred and that sort of thing. Uh, there were some things that were pretty historical, though. I guess most historians believe that King Alfred was afflicted with what we now call Crohn's disease. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And we've got a man in our fellowship at church whose son has Crohn's disease, and and it got to the point where they decided to just they decided to just take out several feet of his large intestine as a way of hopefully dealing with the pain and, and all of that. So it's a nasty disease and all that. Yeah. And so that that's realistic. And then toward the end of season one, Alfred and his group have to fall back to like a marshland. Yeah, they and, go into hiding, kind of. And that's historical, too. And they really did have to hole up in a in a place like that, in a marshland, before they had their big victory, which was also historical. Right. Uh, there was a little scene there that they didn't do much with, but that's a real thing, where uh, King Alfred was so humiliated... You know, Uhtred's telling him, you're the king of what? You're the king of nothing now yeah, that you've yeah. lost your yeah. home and you're all that. Yeah, just a regular man now, yeah. So he's totally humiliated. He's lost everything, and he's and he's hiding from the Danes in this marshland. And, uh, and a woman is baking cakes in the oven and tells Alfred to watch the cakes and make sure they don't <laughs> burn. Yeah. But he burned them, and then... And then Historically, the story is that this peasant woman who didn't know who he was got all after him. <laughs> came in and basically chewed him a new one. And there was nothing he could do about it. He's yeah. the he's the king, and and this woman's just giving him a ration, you know, over these cakes that he brought. Yeah, I thought that was a fun little scene where she comes in like, oh, Alfred, you had one job. <laughs> right. Come right. on. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And so uh, Uhtred, the the Saxon Dane, uh, he goes through many adventures and many uh, women on his way toward uh, trying to deal with Alfred and and maybe get some of his stuff back right. in terms of wealth and standing. We should mention we only watched season one. Yeah, we're only, we're doing this after watching one season. Uh, the the thing that is not historical apparently and i'm sure they just did it for uh for the sake of creating drama mm -hmm. there's really no in in the histories that have been written there's really no evidence that alfred was this conniving guy who could be unscrupulous in dealing with people and he could be rough and oh sure 
you know, uh, manipulating things behind the scenes for his own advantage. Apparently, there's nothing historical that says that he was like that, but right. he is that in the in the show. Yeah. And yeah. I was reading something from the BBC producers who said, "Well, he was so successful in this kind of barbaric age. There's no way he couldn't have been ruthless." And they just refused to admit that maybe this guy that was actually trying to follow God, maybe he could actually be successful just doing what God said. Yeah. You know? Sure. So, well, and I think yeah. the one big thing that was a real contention was that Uhtred marries this English woman taking on a huge debt that was a shock to him, <laughs> yeah. but apparently everybody else knew about it. Oh, yeah. You know, he was misinformed because he wasn't raised there, so he didn't know what was going on. So he thinks Alfred's, you know, being deceitful and and all this other stuff with him but he's like everybody knows this well i I think they still spun it like alfred manipulated well yeah maybe a little bit but i just think he was a very smart intelligent man yeah and he i feel like there's a real fine line between manipulating a situation and just having a really good strategy (laughs) yeah just being smarter than everybody else right so and apparently he was and he did things like not only tried to reform the legal system, but instituted school systems and stuff. And mm-hmm. Not for everybody, but for way more than had ever happened and stuff like that. Right. All about learning and yeah, preserving very much, knowledge. Very and, much so. Yeah. Very much so. And, uh, well, anyway, so the series does picture him as being very pious. And, and you know, when it's time for prayers, he goes to prayers. And, yeah. And... And he's very much into thinking about theology and stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. So having laid out the foundations of this story, what did you like or not like about it? Jordan? Uh, I, I don't know. It was, I think I like it mostly. It's, it's just, it is weird for me watching it (laughs) because I, I sort of the whole time still have kind of, this other show in the back of my mind because and like comparing you know how the one is versus the other one and stuff so it's interesting for me to like be seeing sort of the same subject matter in this different way but I think I like it I've enjoyed it I guess what did you like about it uh I guess I I guess I like the oh I don't know what do you like about it, Mom? I think the character of Uhtred is uh, is really very interesting because he he was raised one way, brought up another way, comes back to a land, and then is forced back into his roots that he doesn't really want to embrace. And so you see him struggling with who am I? What am I? What do I believe? Why do I believe these things? Is there something more to what I believe than just this is what I choose? And so he's a uh, he's a character that struggles trying to find his way, and um, of course his Saxon people that knew him as a child and know him now say, um, you know, you're where you're supposed to be, and this is the way it's been planned, and you're here now for this. And I think even uh, King Alfred kind of sees that and acknowledges it, and even the way Alfred gets the throne, he's not seeking after it, you know, it's bequeathed to him because mm. the, the king at the time realized this is the man who should have the title. Yeah, apparently that's historical too. If I 
wasn't understanding what I was reading right. Apparently he had four or five other brothers, and he wasn't close to being the first one in line. But he was chosen to be the king because he was obviously way smarter than everyone else in his family. And right. So... Uh, and what did you like about the show, the character of Uhtred? <laughs> I like the character and his interaction with other people, um, with the other characters. You know, he was raised as a Dane, and he really does see those Viking people as his family. And so he's having to fight them now, and it's um, it's a hard spot for him. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I liked I liked his friend guy. Whatever oh, his name was. I liked their little bridge. relationship. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> now I do have to to do a. This is a BBC production, so there's a lot more uh, flesh. There's a lot more nudity. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we there's need to a, we need to be upfront about that. I I think our kind of rule is we don't want to recommend something that's gratuitously sexual. And this series really is. There's, there are places where it's, it's extremely not as graphic. Yeah, uh, it's not even like you see naked bodies maybe side by side or something. I mean, you actually. Uh, I mean, it's graphic way more than it needs to be. And so, for that reason, I don't feel good about just recommending this series. There are places where it's like half a step away from being pornographic and uh and i think it really spoils the whole thing mm -hmm. i'm not gonna watch any more of it and, and uh can't recommend it but that said there were there were interesting storyline features and and uh like mama joyce has said there were some there are some really interesting characters and twists and things that they have to deal with and, and all that so uh but Ooh, I, I just think we do want to make that clear. You have to be very, very careful uh, if you decide to watch this. And I personally wouldn't recommend that anybody do. But th something that I did think was good about it, I thought the production value was really good in terms of just the sets and the scenery. Yeah. It was all, all real good. The costumes and the the swords that they're carrying around are really, really good looking, and and the fight <laughs> scenes. You know, I can't recommend the gratuitous and graphic sex, but the gratuitous and graphic violence was really good. And, <laughs> and, what are you <laughs> 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 You're just trying to trap me. <laughs> but they probably had some pretty good fight scenes well with uh, what was it Uba Uba well see that's another weird thing is cause uh yeah they're always calling him Uba which seems so weird to me because like <laughs> there's a character him. with the exact same name in Vikings and I think it's the same character oh, okay and and he's Ube and Ube well see that's the Anglo-Saxon way <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get it wrong to get it wrong alright we should take our break and we'll come back and talk about Worldview Issues. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. 
We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back, Worldview Media Podcast. We're talking about the BBC series available on Netflix called The Last Kingdom. Now, there's a lot of God talk throughout this mm. series. Yeah. God and faith and, and rival faiths are referenced quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mom, you had something you wanted to mention about that? Well, that you see the uh, characters, the Anglo-Saxon characters... Always saying, you know, God is good. And they say it even in the worst of times that, you know, God is still good and I'm going to praise Him regardless of what my situation is. And, and you know, really, that's how we're supposed to live. And it's just, um, it's a foreign thing, I think, for a, a lot of Christians to, to think to say that. Ever. <laughs> you know, when things are going well, much less when... Things are not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I have a different take on it. I felt like I felt like uh, at first it seemed like they were going out of their way to show that the Christians, especially, were kind of rubes and had been duped or something like that, and that something about the Danes and their pagan religion was more natural and more organic or something like that, and. Uh, and and I thought it was just an anti-Christian thing for a little while, but as the as the season progressed, I think I changed my mind to think it was just an anti-religious thing. I mm. think I think it was more a secularist view, where it wound up being that whether it's the pagans believing in Thor and Odin or the Christians believing in, in the one true God, that they're both just. Uh, they're both just deceived and deceiving themselves or something like that. So that's kind of, I come down on the side of thinking, I think that was the underlying kind of standpoint from which the whole religion thing was done. Now there was a lot of talk and, and, uh, and I think there were characters on both sides that were portrayed as being really honestly devout in what mm-hmm. they believed. Sure. And, and they weren't necessarily treated like idiots although some devout people were treated like idiots and and even villains and so you could be a devout christian and also just be a, a horrible person you know <laughs> and uh, i can that happen <laughs> well outwardly i'm sure i'm sure it does uh there did seem to be, at least in the first half of the series, there did seem to be this, the the sort of battle that you see in the Old Testament where the pagans knew that 
you know, the Israelites had defeated them on the plains, but maybe they needed to fight them in the mountains oh, where yeah. their gods would have more of an advantage. Yeah. And, and there really did seem to be this thing where, well, if the Danes won this battle, it means that their god wound up being stronger there. And, and if the Saxons won over here, it means that the Christian god managed to prevail or, or something like that. So there was that kind of view of the conflict between the gods that was mm. kind of interesting. And they did show a, a Danish king while well, he was the closest thing that they had to a king kind of over the series showing some little interest in Christianity and, yeah. and then maybe growing interest and fascination with it even though he still killed all the Christians he came in contact with uh, yeah. but yeah but then in the season finale he's getting baptized as a as a Christian right without very much comment attached to that historically I guess what happened is as part of a peace that Alfred negotiated with the Vikings, their leaders had to all be baptized as Christians. Right, and, uh, so that you weren't doing deals with pagans <laughs> and stuff. And so it was, uh, it was kind of a forced baptism, but the series kind of showed it like, no, he's grown into this. He's doing this right. because he wants to. I was a little surprised by that myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Having seen the other side. Well... <laughs> uh, I, I did think there was an interesting religious question there that that was repeatedly foisted on the Christian characters. And it was this idea, if you believe in a miracle-working God, then let's see a miracle right now. Oh, sure. Prove your miracle-working God. And, yeah. And that was interesting. That happened a few times. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know... We don't have people really saying that very much, but, you know, you have to get around that or you have to figure out how to incorporate into your worldview this idea that my Bible is filled with miracles and signs and wonders, but I'm proposing a faith that never experiences those things. How do you, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Yeah. So I thought that bit was interesting. Yeah. Any other moral conflicts or crises that you... Uh, well, along the same lines that of that last thing that you mentioned, I noticed probably more towards the end of this season that uh, a lot of the time, if like Alfred or someone was was like praying for some specific result, and there might be like a little bit of pushback about how that result came about, but yeah. Uhtred would be like, "Isn't it possible that this?" person is the thing that's supposed to make that happen or like yeah. somebody else would say oh well where was god when this was happening he sent you to come and help me like this is how stuff right. is happening you know and so that was kind of interesting that like just because you're praying for something doesn't mean it's going to happen in the way that you were expecting sure. it to happen yeah. like when they're all praying for the little baby and he does yeah. get better like the prayer is technically answered <laughs> <laughs> Well, the prayer is answered through witchcraft. Well, but technically, the result is the same. The baby is healed, right? So it's like, that's... Well, see, I was thinking that was a slap in the face of Alfred and his Christian devotion. Because there's nothing historical about it, but the series has this thing where Alfred, in order to save his son, who becomes King Edward... Alfred goes to a pagan witch to get her to heal him because 
he and all his priests have been praying for the baby and he's not getting any better and he's getting worse and so he has to decide well I'm gonna abandon what I really believe and and go to this witch and see if she can do anything and I really thought that was a way of just diminishing Alfred's faith uh, and you know they did try to justify that well God used the witch to heal her well uh, if that was a real life situation I don't think that anybody would say that or think that way I don't know what do you think I think we have a lot of people even today that would say if I pray and God doesn't heal me then it's just not his will for me to be healed and yeah. so they want to negate medical technology advancing oh, right, and right, learning right. things and so um you know, God can't work through medicine. Or, yeah, yeah, you right. know, He has to just heal me. It has to be a, a miraculous. Yeah. yeah, Otherwise, you know, I'm just destined to right. to die because that must be God's will. And so, <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit hesitant to. I can see what you're saying, but um, God uses pagans to exalt Himself. Yeah, but she was actually doing witchcraft, though, you know, where she was going to magically cause a stranger's child to die in order that this one might be saved. That's not just her coming up with a neat way to put herbs together or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, I do see what you're saying. That, That really is a thing, this bias against, well, it's not just medical technology, but technology in general. It's all... It's all of the devil. and <laughs> We can't trust anybody. And, and the fact that I can't work any of it, that probably does mean it's of the devil. But, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, uh, any other moral dilemmas or, or what? I, let's see. I was interested in Uhtred's, mom's already mentioned it, his uh, struggles with how far do I participate in the Saxon politics in order to try to get what I want? Yeah. How much do I have to change? How much do I have to... Yeah, yeah. how much do I give up and what I think I am and who I am in order to get this? And are the means really worth the end? Do they really justify these things? And, yeah. And... Well, and I see, I see that struggle being played out with his... Uh, significant others in the in the show <laughs> because you know well others. he's got his Danish woman yeah. his Viking woman and uh, she sees him changing and is shocked and appalled that right. you know you're he, not the guy yeah what's wrong with work you with the Saxons and so she's pregnant has the baby they lose the baby so right. he he's not he's not a Viking like he would have been had that child survived. So then he marries the English woman yeah. and tries to be... In order to get land and a position. Well, to, yeah. yeah, to do that. But he really genuinely wants to take care of her and take care right. of her property and uh, be honorable. I think he's, yeah. you know, he is someone who wants to be honorable. Right. Across the board. <laughs> right, and you do, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you do see that, like, toward the end when he sees Dane's violating their word and stuff like that you can see him kind of reacting like what you're not supposed to do that right 
So he does obviously have a code yeah. of honor and stuff. And so his English wife has their baby, and it all looks good, but, you know, she's pressing religion on him, and I want the child baptized, and he's mad about a lot of other things, and um, that child dies also. So you just don't see him fitting in on either side anymore. I don't see him right. having a solid place. He's a man without a country. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. He's like Captain America. Well, <laughs> only in like the nineties. Nineteen nineties, Captain America. Nomad. Because deep V. Right. Yeah, I. I guess I really, I I really thought that was an interesting storyline. Just the fact that the temptations to him as he's trying to walk a line that he doesn't even know where the line is or mm -hmm. where it's going but you know specifically the time when Alfred sent him to be a hostage with the Danes oh, you know, yeah. in order to ensure a peace that was a death sentence really been, yeah. and, uh, and he went as a way of trying to prove his loyalty to Alfred and hopefully also get some information that would help him personally and yeah. Well, but when everything started at the beginning and his adoptive family was killed, he went to the highest person he could in the Viking lands to say, I didn't do this, and nobody believed him. Right. He gets betrayed. And, and he had no, he had nowhere else to go. Yeah. You know, and he had to embrace what he thought he never would. Right. Right. Uh, let's see. What else? What other moral dilemmas did we have? Let's see. I really, there was something to be said about that in Alfred's, what was it, his nephew? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, his nephew. Who really had a greater claim to the throne than Alfred did and, and was passed over. Mm -hmm. And then he just spends the whole rest of his life pretty much... Uh, Deluded uh, right, <laughs> about but, his place. Yeah, but kind of struggling to be more than he is, or yeah. to earn respect, and uh, it was that was a. I don't think he wanted to earn respect. I think he just wanted respect. Uh, well, and I think yeah. as he goes farther along, yeah. I think towards the end, he was realizing why he wasn't the king. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I think he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I don't want this job." <laughs> it's much better to be a drunk in the pig pen. <laughs> right. But I think there are a lot of themes in the whole show on in a bunch of different characters in terms of one of the themes is loyalty and what yeah. does this mean and when does loyalty turn into evil because you're not loyal to the right thing and that's kind of a theme that's played out in several different characters mm -hmm. right sure and that's an interesting discussion to have I think and so I guess do you have anything else Jordan uh I don't know I <laughs> I really liked that thing about emboldening the people but <laughs> For you have to Grab, oh, grab them on the shoulder and give them some strength. <laughs> that right, that's not fun. really a worldview issue, but there was a funny thing where 
Alfred knew he had to send out message, messengers, and if they didn't succeed, the kingdom would fail. And so he had to pick good messengers yeah. and send them out. And his initial plan was just to have letters distributed to them and have them yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But his faithful confidant, the priest, told him, what you really should do is deliver these letters to the messengers perfect or or uh, personally. personally. Yeah. And it would really help if you'd put your hand on their shoulder while you're commissioning them, and it would embolden them. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll do that. <laughs> right. <And> Leader, then... <laughs> leadership advice. And then it, the next scene is like him going up to three different people. And <laughs> being like, here. <laughs> making sure he puts his hand on their shoulder. It's, it's so like cute. the most awkward thing. It's so funny. <laughs> I just thought it was too fun because he's like, Oh, what a great idea. And he just went for it. Oh, man. Right. That was fun. So you were saying that you thought Uhtred really liked his dad or thought highly of him. or Yeah. And I, uh, I think I'd have get to... That? No. Because all of his memories of him are of him being defeated. And, you know, he doesn't have, like, yeah. good memories. They're just kind of like, you died because you weren't strong enough to, to do something more. I just didn't really get... That was kind of Danish brainwashing, though, right? Yeah, well, I feel like it probably is. Because, I mean, and he he ended up being adopted by the family, by the, guy that by the same guy who killed right. his dad. And so. he genuinely loved them. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you're probably right. I just think that But even, even in the in the pre-stuff, before they went out and did all that stuff... They, they It felt like a weird relationship yeah, between like, the two of them. Uh, because you know, he was he kind of the younger... Son, yeah. yeah. And he was the, the little guy that probably wasn't involved in a lot of things. And so yeah. I just don't think that connection was there. I don't think his mom was there. And well, so, I just... I guess the only reason I persist is that there were some scenes even late in the season where he's having flashbacks to seeing his dad nailed to the spike, his original father yeah. mm-hmm. nailed there. And, and uh, he's not happy about that, obviously. And I just kind of, my thought was he does consider himself a Dane, but when it comes time to fight against the Danes, he can do it because he knows that some of them are really horrible people. Well, I think he just knows that from having lived with them. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, hello, you live with humanity. I think it may also just be that that was sort of his first experience with that kind of trauma, with like the yeah. whole uh, right. battle thing. Because I think when we see those sorts of flashbacks, it's always during this sort of intense time around some kind of other conflict, if it's just before or during or after or something, that this is popping into his head and, like, that kind of thing. I don't know. I think I was perceiving those flashbacks as being more of a, like, a post-traumatic thing than, oh. any, than like, really emotional. Oh. Well, that may be. That may be. Well... I won't argue with you. I may be wrong. <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> you are right. All right, anything else to say about this show? Like I say, I, you know, I, I wish they hadn't included all the really graphic sex stuff. Yeah. It just wasn't needed. You know, we know the Vikings go in and and plunder the town and rape the horses and ride off on the women. But, oh, we don't have <laughs> to... Trim the hedges. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we don't have to see that in graphic detail. And, and uh, it, 
for me, it kind of spoils it for me. Mm. I wish it was a little bit more tame in the in the sex department. Yeah. And then I think I would continue to watch it, but uh, I can't go forward with the. It's nearly every scene. Like yeah, every, it's a lot. Well, not every scene, but every <laughs> every week when the new episode comes out. Well, here's your scene. Yeah, at least oh, the man. one scene too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I was thinking about it, watching it about Vikings, you know, because everything kind of parallels in a weird way. So I was thinking about it, and there is sexual content in Vikings from time to time, but I feel like it's so much less often. Yeah. And, he, and it's like special not enough. Not as graphic. Yeah, it's not as graphic most of the time. And it's like, it's a special enough occurrence that they have to put the warning thing before the episode. So I always know, like, when it comes on, um, I'm like, oh, well, somebody's gonna. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> having <gonna> sex <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Nobody I know. Nobody I know, but somebody on this show. But so. And, it, and it's just like it's all the time in this show and it yeah. gets sort of dragging yeah yeah, yeah. And, well it has the feel you know as soon as as soon as the the cable channels expanded out of the networks mm -hmm. and the cable channels could get away with using cuss words that the yeah that the networks couldn't so they could do things that nobody else could it just so. seemed for a long time like that's what they did. That's what they did just because they yeah. could. Yeah. You know, and... Well, and I was kind of wondering about that with the BBC, but I think we've watched other programs, you know, different programs, but they're not in that same vein as uh, right. yeah. just the graphicness of this one. Mm. Yeah. That was... Um, I just wish they'd made a different choice on that. Yeah. I think I would have enjoyed this series a heck of a lot more. It's kind of that, like, a R rating mentality, where it's like, well, we can, so we probably should. Why yeah. not? Yeah. It's just lazy storytelling, I think. Yeah. All right, y'all. We done? I guess so. All right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. All right. All right. All right. Well, goodbye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>